So, Alyssa, where are we? Um, we are in a large park in the middle of Louisville where people come to see shows in the summer. Yes. Why are we here, Shannon? Because we can't see the shows in the summer right now. <laughs> and we just wanted to be here anyway, even though it's a little bit sad, kind of. Yeah. We're like fully downtown, so there isn't a parking lot. So this is Park Talks, I right. guess. Right, yeah, center of Park Talk. Center of Park Talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, it's a weird vibe this morning, guys. I'm yes. just going to be really honest. Um, Gray. Yeah. We're recording in the morning, which we've only done one other time. Um, it's been raining for two straight days. So we came at peak cloudy but not raining time <laughs> so everything's kind of wet and overgrown and empty in the park it does have a feel of like that scene in a movie where something catastrophic has happened yes. and then the main characters like congregate to make a plan Mm. in a place that should have a lot of people in it but right. they're like, like mall or something yeah, yeah they're bringing you the the director is like chosen this particular location so that you see like how weird the vibe is um so yeah weird vibes yeah weird vibes this morning yeah. um so i feel like we're probably going to be a little bit different more of a somber tone <laughs> Probably. For this, our fifth episode, which Weird. is exciting, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. We did, I don't think we assumed we'd make it this long. <laughs> I don't think we thought that this all was going to last this long, so. However, I do think, like, you really have to have, like, I, I feel like there's a certain um, threshold that you have to meet to see people in pandemic times. So it's like, hey, do you want to hang out? Just, like, is it enough anymore? Because people are like, mm, do I want to risk my life to just, like, see you? What are we going to do? <laughs> right. Has to be an activity. So it definitely has given us, like, a purpose uh, for hanging out and, like, uh, more of a structure yes. for the pandemic. And since we're outside, we always sit kind of awkwardly spaced. Right. <laughs> oh. No, oh, it's like, guys. at least this week, I will do one thing, even if it's just recording. Exactly. I will probably do nothing else, <laughs> but I will do that. Oh, it's so weird. Um, yeah, I do like that it's given us a little bit of, like, uh, an agenda item each week. I mean, I threw my planner out <laughs> ages ago. I did not leave my house for easily a full month. Like because I lived with other people. Other people left and like brought things to our house or we had things delivered, but I don't think I like stepped foot outside of my house uh, for a full month. So this has definitely helped my, um, <laughs> that was real low. It was so. Uh, 
no, I just feel like I my anxiety was turning into a little bit of agoraphobia there in the beginning. I I same. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like fully becoming Emily Dickinson, just like writing sad poetry and uh, mm-hmm. staying in the dark. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna stay home if at all possible. Yeah. It's very uh, weird. Okay. We've been talking a lot about the past lately and Mm -hmm. this is you know probably not helping that we're in a sort of very quiet space but um we think we're going to talk a little bit more about the future this time or about at least the present because we do still have that although it is a very slow one (laughs) for sure for sure slow moving um but there are still people who are doing things Mm -hmm. we're doing this which is what we can what we can do right now um a lot of theaters do have the capacity to do things and they're mm-hmm. trying and it's it's cool to see people finally getting to like a yeah we we're gonna just lean in and do something in this weirdness um even if it's not what we normally do so we can't put this big show on so instead we'll do a reading or whatever i don't honestly know a whole lot about what's going on because i got off social media at probably the wrong time as I'm sure you've already guessed from like listening to us for four episodes if you've done that Shannon is a better person than me but I fully have all the social media yes so um which just means you know what's going on (laughs) and I have to ask you (laughs) I don't know what's happening I do know what's going on for better or for worse (laughs) most of the time for worse I think sometimes (laughs) traded cars for planes. I know. I should have checked the flight schedule. <laughs> did not even think Good about no. it. No. Um, yeah, I feel like Well, okay. I'll say my, like, um, inspirational thing first, and then that way later on when I'm complaining, you can think about how intellectually I know um, things are better than I feel sometimes. (laughs) Yep. But I think what we, we all know who have been in theater is that, like, theater R.E., is not the building it's the community of folks that have come together to create something and collaborate on a story and so right now we don't have access to our buildings in the same way that we did before and so I think you know at first it was kind of about taking care of ourselves and kind of like closing loops on projects that we sort of had to abandon in the middle of the road um and now I think we are settling into the idea that we're kind of in this pattern for the long haul um that this isn't you know a couple of weeks or even a couple of months that like we have to come up with a plan for our lives for a substantial amount of time 
and I think one that can force um, just a little bit of introspection on like what kinds of work you were doing and why you were doing it and then two I mean people are gonna have to innovate and I think we're starting to see some of the um, fruits of that creative and innovative labor coming out um, recently like people are starting to share some of the things that they've been considering and working on which is nice um, I think it's definitely like a grief that we don't have access to the buildings and the audiences and the things that make live performing special but I think what we who have been live performers or in that world know is that like live performing is special because of the people yeah. more so than like the space and I think it was fair to have that like not even as a break time but as a like yeah we were in the middle of doing something and that's never going to happen and mm -hmm. you can't bring that back it's kind of like not even like a FOMO thing but like we literally did miss that like it's it's gonna be a blank space like oh yeah we prepped for that show or we did all of this planning for it and it's not going to be that way it can mm -hmm. never be that show that we had planned um so having that grieving period and letting that be okay um for a while is totally fair mm -hmm. um and I think people are finally like moving into the next phase of it of like okay um how can there still be art I was just thinking yesterday how much I just miss art in general and watching people um I don't know there, there were students who were in their senior year and don't get to perform their senior show and yeah. again that's something you can't get back um getting back into creating when everything feels like it's in a holding pattern um sucks <laughs> it really does I well I'll just speak for myself for a minute you know I <laughs> have been living the life of like a freelance artist um well, my entire adult life like trying to string together you know art jobs and odd jobs and like oh someone's gonna pay me to like post on their social media or write on their blog and then also like you know I'll teach this camp and I will do this commercial or like whatever string of things I could like hobble together to like make a living and um sometimes it was not a lot sometimes it was seven or eight things um in a day and I was um just kind of a mess of a human like very scattered um I was at the peak of that kind of like scattered but um yeah I just had like a little bit of like a um a wild energy to me I think at the time and like to go from that to like a screeching halt um, and a screeching halt 
in so many arenas like not just in my schedule and not just in my kind of like creative energy but also in money um and relationships like so much of my community was through being an artist and through working and so when I wasn't working it was like oh wow I don't see a lot of people um it was really hard I think it's still kind of hard um and you know I recently got like a non-art job for real like for the first time ever like I did random there's a squirrel behind you now oh my gosh (laughs) We're in nature. We're in nature. Um, Yeah, I did, like, random part-time jobs that weren't art-related. But I've never had, like, a real non-art job. So it's very weird. Um, It feels sort of fake. Like, I don't know, I, like, get up and, like, look around my apartment that I didn't live in before the pandemic and I go to a job that I like a year ago wouldn't have been like I would never do that it's a fine job I just (laughs) yeah for some strange reason they're listening to this I mean they know my situation yeah but I just would be like I don't know it just feels like not my life Hmm. um like I got transplanted into some other version of me yeah I have this fig tattoo. It's from, um, it's like inspired by a Sylvia Plath book, which is slightly depressing when you say that. Um, (laughs) But there's this passage in the bell jar that basically talks about her sitting under a fig tree and she sees all of these different options for her life on the, like figs on the vine. Mm -hmm. And they're all like equally ripe and juicy and like great figs. and one is like, she's gonna, she's living in New York, she's gonna stay in New York and, you know, write for a magazine and have this very fabulous life. And then another is like, she's gonna move back home and marry her high school sweetheart and like take care of her mom. And then another is like, some combination of those things. And like, while she sits under the tree trying to pick between the lives, um, they sh- the figs shrivel up and die and like fall off. And. I think for so long in my personal life I felt like I was just like waiting for like some sort of sign mm-hmm. or like the right thing to do yeah and I yeah. felt like I was right at the precipice of just being like okay I'm gonna go for it right like I've picked this is my fig I mean, I've you, got you, the tattoo. you just talked about like literally a couple months ago like moving to Chicago yeah. and like not a couple months anymore like honestly at this month time eight months eight months or so yeah. but like yeah I saw you like doing that it's like nope this is what I'm doing and now there's none of that to do right now mm-hmm. man yeah and I personally just because of like health concerns and family stuff like I don't feel like I can move from my current situation until there's some sort of vaccine and and herd immunity um so it's definitely like I don't know I don't want to look back on this time personally or for 
our theater world, especially here in Louisville, that I also feel it was like right on the precipice of kind of like exploding or something. I don't want to look back on this time and feel like it's the lost years. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you do with it instead? Like, okay, we're yeah. sidestep. It's not that this is a given up on future, but mm -hmm. you can't wait for that future to, yeah, no, that's a really, it's a very valid image right there. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, um, doing this has helped me certainly have like some sort of other outlet for creativity. I think that, um, you know, I definitely have been like writing more. I was doing a lot of um, like personal content creation. And then I felt like even that kind of needed to take a pause because it's hard to like go to social media, which again, if you can be more like Shannon than me, I recommend it. Um, it's both good and bad. <laughs> if you can handle it, I'd do it. I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, there's something a little bit narcissistic and weird and kind of gross, honestly, about doing like a bunch of personal content creation and like hyping yourself in the middle of a social justice movement that is largely happening online. So I think rightly, um, a lot of that kind of stuff paused so that people could reflect. Um, so I think moving forward, it's not just, okay, what does theater look like when we can't congregate in our space, but also in a time where we already had to reimagine it. We also need to go back to the drawing board of what we mean when we say we are a diverse and inclusive space. Because mm -hmm. um, I feel like, I mean, I don't know a theater anywhere that doesn't have those words in their mission statement. <laughs> um, but like, you know, what does that actually mean to you? Yeah. I think is something we have to think about too. And anyone who's a storyteller, I think if you haven't thought about the kinds of stories you've been a part of and why, I don't understand what you're doing uh, in a field like theater. I think it can be very easy to get stuck in like the, we've talked about the, the kind of pretty picture mentality yeah. of theater where it's like you're, you're just making a nice image people want to come see and oh the dancing was pretty and the costumes were pretty um, and then you you miss the story entirely but I think people can fall into that oh yeah I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm doing like community theater because it's, it's just fun and mm -hmm. and that is a valid reason but continuing to think about or maybe thinking about for the first time right but what story is it and is it a story that I want my face to be a part of yeah like that that I want to be attached to um is something that I didn't really think about until well I'm say the past couple of years that um thinking about all the aspects of it not just well I'm doing this for fun mm -hmm. um 
I think it's really hard when you are young and especially when you're a young woman in this field to feel like you have the power to say no. Um, I certainly didn't for a long time. I think partially because, you know, you're looking at someone who's offering you a job and there's so much pressure to be easy to work with and, like, agreeable and, um, you know, not that anyone is getting, like, fully blackballed. It's not the McCarthy era, but people talk. Yeah. You know, there's still, like, you don't want to develop a reputation when you're young of, like, being difficult, I think. Yeah. And especially, um, that label can be applied so easily to young women that I think we're wary of it. But, um, I also just think, you know, young white women have you know however much more power uh, weight to throw around to say no to stuff and like I remember the first time that I said no to something um, and it was for like a myriad of reasons but I agonized four days over the decision like I feel I mean I don't know if you remember the show but if I told you I'm sure you would remember but there was like a rap feature and then when I asked the music director if they could teach it because I did not trust in the ability of our population to do that well or the teacher to teach it because she had expressed a disdain for the genre she was like yeah it's not like it's a hard thing to do and I was like um okay also I just feel like oh I don't want to do it and when I expressed my concerns it was definitely like met with a not upset or anger I don't think that was the reaction I think it was just utter confusion yeah like we're giving you this great opportunity to do something that you said you wanted to do right and like now you're saying no you're picky particular like yeah fussy so you know I just think this is a time where we can uh, steady ourselves for the future and you know whatever water you need in your well to be able to um, use your voice you know start filling it up so that when you go back to spaces you're prepared to tell good stories and call out people when they're not doing the work that they claim to really want to be a part of. Um, you said you've been writing more. Yeah. I have had a really hard time getting anything creative out. Mm. And I don't know if that's laziness or just general fatigue. I think we're all more tired 
now even though we're going slower because we're making new and weird decisions every day mm. um like just going to the grocery store is not just going to the grocery store anymore it's yeah. it's, it's every little thing it feels like a decision um there's a lot of emotional labor that we weren't doing before in our day exactly. lives. Um, we were doing more things. Um, so, I mean, I think it's similar, but it's, yeah, more internal work. You're, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, that's a really good point. I do think for my students, when we switched to online learning, um, which has thus ended, it's... End of July, almost three months ago. Insane. Um, but I did get the sense, and I'm already like a pretty, I don't know what the word would be. Um, I, tr- I try to be as empathetic as possible when I'm teaching. Um, kids don't always come out and tell you what they need from you. So to be empathetic, you, you really have to like be watching for cues and listening. Um, so I think I'm already kind of, like, in tune with what's going on with their emotions, and I definitely got the sense early on in quarantine, and maybe this was a little bit of me projecting, that just, like, there was a general apathy towards Mm. the work, that, that there was this sense of, like, what am I doing this for? Yeah. And I feel like that's carried over into my own like life and and writing and like trying to do creative stuff too it's kind of like eh. yeah well I, I the definitely what am I doing this for I mean we're doing this for us and if anybody listens and gets anything out of it that's great but this is just for us to talk and get some things out and that's definitely been helping me just get things out of my head but when you're doing stuff like writing or whatever, it's right now hard to see that ever getting anywhere. Mm. <clears throat> Again, if you're like writing a journal or something, that's just for you. But if I'm writing a one act or I have never written a full length, I only do scenes. Like if I'm writing a scene, I want to be able to see that being put on a stage. And right now it's hard to see anything going on a stage. Yeah, It's hard to think that far. Um, so it just feels like oh is this just another thing that sits in my binder of weird things I've written forever and if so then maybe I just play it out in my head and let it live there (laughs) like okay so you know as you think about like well what can you do to overcome that I think for me you know I was writing things and it was like very much I don't know it didn't feel productive or useful or even really particularly cathartic for me like usually I would feel some sort of release but I think being alone with my own thoughts um putting them down on paper wasn't enough for how much I was alone with my own thoughts Mm. so definitely like doing this I mean I was just born out of me being like hey do you want to write something for a purpose yeah and then we can record it these are conversations that we've been having for a long time um that I think it's interesting to sort of archive and definitely after our teaching episode last week 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. I heard from several, like, former students just about that they had listened and also found it cathartic in some way, which is nice. Um, I don't know, it feels a little bit less like I'm talking to myself in the void when I'm actually sitting with you and talking to you, and for a purpose. Yeah. I'm definitely someone who needs a little bit of verbal affirmation or any kind of affirmation for stuff in order to not feel like well that was all really dumb um so you can yeah. I feel like you can, when you listen back you can hear me being like uh-huh when yep, you talk because yep, yep. <laughs> you know that yes. <laughs> but yeah when you're just writing something for you it's like nope that was stupid I'm throwing it away forget it that was awful. That's so funny. <laughs> I didn't realize I was doing it until you just said that. And I was like, every time I listen, I can hear myself going like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, definitely watching things back that people have previously filmed. We've all enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some of that happening in the city. Like locally, we've watched people do that. The whole world had a moment of watching a 2016 performance of Hamilton yep. um, what kinds of pandemic specific things like this is not something that we did before we created it in the pandemic we're delivering it to you in the pandemic have you watched that have been I don't know interesting I mean recordings of performances have that's been a thing for forever I mm-hmm. think the whole the zoom performance is something new um, and something that's improving um, it is. It's wasn't there before, and we're figuring out how to use it now. But um, yeah, you, the one that you participated in, where it was a reading of the um, some kind of local competi- yeah, playwriting yeah. competition mm-hmm. or something. That was interesting. Um, yeah, I I appreciated that, and it it leaves the room that you want in theater for things to go wrong. Oh, and they did. And they and they do, and that's that's part of the fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is. I mean, you don't want things to go wrong, but it is sometimes almost as interesting to watch people get out of something that went wrong. I mean, the play that went wrong was popular for a reason. Like, yeah, for we sure. want that. Like, it's... I mean, at this particular venue, I've seen multiple times, one of my favorite was where they had to call a hold. It was the only time I've ever seen it happen. Call, um, and I, I think it was... It was not during like a preview night. It was during a performance night, and they had to they had called hold, and those actors just stood in their exact positions. Wow. Well, it was a mic problem. Well, they figured it out, and then stage manager called from and gave them the line, and they took about two seconds, figured out where that line, and just went. And it was ah, it was like magical. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that like that can sometimes make the magic even better it doesn't break it for me that makes it even cooler like oh yeah there's more people who are back there like whisper screaming into my into little walkie talkies going how do we fix this Um, I love that yeah I think there's something a little bit like unreplicable about that Uh, and definitely for the folks who work uh, on theater which is kind of the perspective that we're coming from more so than audience members it's just not the same yeah. to be like 
texting uh, someone who thinks that they're doing, you know, the performance of a lifetime via Zoom and be like, hey, your internet is like really spotty. Yeah, Can you it's, it's move a to different. a different room a in your different. house closer I don't know, to your router? But there was some weirdness going on with that performance you did. And okay. that was kind of uncomfortable and magical and all those things of so theater. So truly insane. I still want to know what happened. Me too, because. <laughs> We're just like beat bopping over Zoom. That whole situation was crazy. It was the first performance that I participated in in the pandemic. Um, so definitely like we were still figuring out the kinks. My internet just was not really handling multiple people working from home and using video conferencing apps regularly. So my internet was a little bit funky. So I was using my hotspot on my phone and like switching back and forth between, I had to have the script up on one device and then like I would have to load the script and then I would have to switch to my phone to do the zoom and it was all like very chaotic just personally on my end. So then like I'm just beat bopping and I start getting like all of these messages from my friends who are watching being like, what is that noise? Mm. But when you're in the middle of the scene, you can't answer those text messages. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So then we had like a little intermission where we all kind of like break away from the live stream to go to a separate Zoom to be like, you know, what is going on? Yeah. And I never heard anything like on our end I couldn't hear I don't think any of the none of the readers or your monitors heard anything they couldn't hear anything when because you know when you're on zoom and like someone forgets to take themselves off mute and you can like hear them talking like that was not what was going on I couldn't hear anything so it was like radio interference yeah over the internet in the feed that people were watching the live stream on it was very bizarre so weird um, which started out like very benign. It sounded like people were like having dinner. Yep. There was I guess. like forks clanking and some conversation, a little bit of laughing, which honestly was loud enough that it like muffled some people. Really? Yeah. That's insane. The laughing is pretty loud. Like, I was told that essentially um what we what the interference was was a full date from dinner all the way to the to completion and you know um that is mad stressful when you're (laughs) when you're trying to like do something remotely professional for like a professional organization um people were texting me and being like seriously what is that and I was like I don't know (laughs) yeah there's no one else here I don't know so there's some kind of like uh, a little bit of excitement. I think that feeling when you go to a concert or some sort of theater event where you're like waiting with the crowd in anticipation, I wish there were a way to digital, digitally capture that. Hmm. I know that like people will do like a countdown or people can like comment on their live stream in advance. Um, one of my classes wrote a play and performed it via live stream and during it I let them like moderate the chat and they got to talk back 
to, I mean, essentially just themselves, but there were some <laughs> other people talking yeah. to them, so that kind of created the, like, buzz and chatter that I was looking for. I don't know, unless you did, like, the world's biggest Zoom call. Yeah. If there's a way to account for that feeling of community. Right. On the other side of the stage. I don't know. But I'm interested to see how people solve that. Um, I like, personally, as like a person who's always tried to champion new work and like people writing things themselves, that because there just aren't a lot of plays that you can perform uh, in a pandemic, people are writing things themselves um and using this as an opportunity to like showcase things that maybe weren't perfect enough for the stage Mm -hmm. um you know I want to get some feedback which is a totally normal step in the process but it's hard to do yeah you know people are gonna like judge you and give you notes or whatever so it has like a safe time to workshop because like there's not a whole lot of stuff happening and everybody wants to see it Mm -hmm. so like do it I don't know. Like, there's not a whole lot out there. If you're putting anything out there, that's brave. Like, yeah. it's just, it's a very weird time to produce anything new. Um. I want theaters to definitely be planning for the days when they come back. Um, you know, what things they want to bring to audiences, what's super important for them. Um you know what shows or or lineup of shows tells the story of of who they are post pandemic Mm. um i'm excited for different places to be putting out those lineups eventually yeah i also think you know there are lots of things places and people who don't have the time resources whatever to be putting out a bunch of content when paying for content like that is not really a thing right now. Yeah. So I'm just curious if full theater seasons are coming to you digitally. Hmm. So they're, you know, filmed or live zoomed or like whatever the situation is. Do you feel like the price is the same to charge people? Hmm. Because I can argue both sides fully. Like, on the one hand, it's almost more complicated to bring it to you digitally. Yeah. You're having to pay people that you wouldn't have had to before. You still have to pay for any kind of space you're using. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. On the other hand, um, I'm sitting on my couch in pajamas watching this. Mm-hmm. So if I paid a full ticket price, I don't feel like I'm getting a full ticket experience. Right. I could I could make yeah serious arguments either way. I don't, I don't know. I've always had a really hard time with the whole 
fact that theater is just so expensive. Yeah. Um, again, I think there are levels, <laughs> as with everything. We've discussed. We've discussed. It's a thing. But, um, because um, I totally agree that professional actors should be paid as professionals. That mm -hmm. is, yes. And that professional costumers and all of the things like that's all of those are jobs and should be paid as real jobs um but yeah if if the, at the end you're recording it with the camera and no one else is in the room first of all way harder yeah <laughs> for the actors um in a lot of cases i mean especially honestly with a comedy do you put in a laugh track I don't know oh, because gosh. it's so uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. And I... how do you know where the laughs are? And how do you know when the audience at home is laughing or if they're not even? It's really tough because I hate laugh tracks in like uh, TV shows, like oh, a sitcom laugh track. But they're all in the room together. So there's energy to feed off of. I don't know if you watch any of like the late night hosts who have done, like, monologues from their attics or whatever for their TV shows. Long, no. Like, I think several of those folks are funny, but it is bizarre to watch them without an audience deliver, mm. like, a monologue of jokes. Yeah. Because while I'm sitting there... It's all about the reaction. Yeah. Um, and I think that's led a lot of people to be, like oh, so-and-so isn't funny, they, like, hold up a cue card to tell the audience to laugh. I don't think that's the situation at all. I don't think that at all. I think that live performance is live. Right. And, you know, I, I tell, like, my students all the time, like, when the time comes, you're not you know, we've spent all of rehearsal time performing for me, yeah. you know? And I think that there's this sense of, like, I'm the barometer of, yeah. like, was this good, was this bad, whatever. You're not performing for me when the time comes. When the time comes, you're in a relationship with the audience, not me. I'm not in a relationship with the audience, and I'm not in a relationship with you anymore. I'm nothing like right. I could not be here running the lights maybe I like to set my own lights <laughs> what about a control freak <laughs> um but like you need that relationship to accomplish the goal of theater yeah so I think for me that's where I'm just like I don't know man yeah like a movie in my mind is still a movie if no one watches it I don't think a play is a play if no one Ooh. sits in the audience. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Yikes. And yeah, sitting in the chat is not the same. Because the movie doesn't change. Like, right. I can turn on any old movie and leave my house. And when I come back, you know, 45 minutes later, the exact same thing would be happening if I had sat on my couch the whole 45 minutes. And they and in a movie, the audience isn't deciding where to look. The director's telling them where to look. Yes. And so much of it is, not that the stage is not scripted, but so much of it is more specific. Yeah. <laughs> like, the shot is framed so that you look at this thing. 
and the lights are so that you feel this way. Mm -hmm. I remember explaining to my students once the concept of a focus puller in film, and they were like, mind blown that it was someone's (laughs) whole job to sit and be like, he's going to stand up at this specific point in time, so that blah, 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 whatever, like, I was like, that's your your theater director mm-hmm. is trying to accomplish that. When I tell you to move here, it's because I want the focus to move to you now. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just because I'm like... And now eh, cross the stage. You haven't moved in a while. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'm like, how long has she been standing there? But... <laughs> you can sit down now. Yeah. It's okay. So, you know, I... I don't know. I just think there's... I'm wondering what kinds of things we produce that... I don't think you can recreate the magic. So what kinds of things can we make or manufacture that act as a counterweight, I guess, to the loss of the kind of completion of the circle? Yeah. I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know that I have the answer. I definitely don't know. I mean, the Zoom stuff I've watched, it's very, so far, um, just like conversations. It's almost more like watching a podcast Mm -hmm. than it is watching a movie. Um, But it definitely doesn't feel like theater because, yeah, I'm sitting in my... You, you base some of your reactions off the people you're sitting with or that are sitting around you or like... Or like you've already seen the show so you bring your friend right. and you're like watching for... Do they think yeah. the parts that you think are funny are also funny? Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's because that one thing yeah. and I hate to just be like You'll a like total downer because, yeah. but one thing I have been kind of... I don't know if grieving is the right word but just like thinking about the loss of is all of the like people who don't have the money um to create things Mm. in the same way that like bigger organizations which is more like pull do um I mean we were just talking about movies I think even like a couple of weeks ago I was listening to a report that um Zendaya and maybe The Rock had filmed the movie during the pandemic where essentially like the production company had everyone tested beforehand flew them all out to the location kept them on property for two weeks so all of like everyone who's involved with the movie craft services PAs, grippers lights, sound ADs everyone who's involved in the movie is held on site for the entire filming process like no one is allowed to leave they have everything brought in and held like in this like decontamination situation Mm -hmm. so it's like no young indie baby company in film or theater has the money to accomplish something like that like I even think about things that people are going to bring actors in for to film on stage that requires 
money. Yeah. Serious money. So I just, I don't know, I hate to think about the things that we aren't seeing right now because folks don't have those kinds of funds. And maybe even some of the things that were in process that, you know, one or two day delays in film can cost thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. So if you are creating something on a really tight budget, that got shut down in March you probably don't have the funds to continue that project yeah I just wonder what things were missing I guess is my yeah. thought sometimes well and a couple episodes ago we were talking about um how we basically were did our first few plays on a shoestring budget because that was a thing we could do mm-hmm. like there was we bought like five props we didn't pay the space any money, and everybody was volunteers. And now you need, at a minimum, at a minimum, all your actors need to be at home, willing, and have a reliable Wi-Fi connection yeah. and a laptop. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm thinking about some of the first shows we did. There's no way everyone in those casts had all of those things. Nope. And I, you know, you made a really good point in that episode, which I'm going to remember the title of in a second. <laughs> um, which was just that, like, you don't, you either have to invest your time or your money. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some people with, time on their hands right now to invest that time but there are plenty of people who because of the pandemic are busier um or just like we were talking about earlier don't have the emotional capacity to invest that kind of time right I mean even this week we both had to push back recording ourselves having this conversation because life is hard right now so I think there's definitely things that are I mean like you said the delays like those things aren't going to happen now for longer than we wanted um yeah it's and I think it's hard to be okay with that that because there's really nothing you can do about it. Like, yeah. that's just, that is the way it is, okay? So that thing that we were like, oh yeah, in a year. That's probably two years <laughs> at minimum now. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Um, and I guess all we can do is not get hit by falling leaves and limbs. Branches, yeah, that was a thing. Shoot. <laughs> no, all we can do is, <laughs> like, is be falling. ready. Oh my gosh, this guy is falling. It is. Um, no, just like be as ready as possible when we can do things again. Mm-hmm. And again, it just feels like a holding pattern. It's it's so hard to live in the 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 doing things now while also getting ready for when things are easier to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, here's what I would like to see. I think I can talk yeah. about that. So, I think for us, like, I want to listen to other people having these types of conversations 
people who are in the industry longer than us, who are smarter than us, who are um, maybe more articulate, whatever, like, people who just have a different perspective than we do. Um, I think eventually we would like some of those people to come to talk to us if we are able to continue doing this. So I think um, those are the kinds of, I think these are the kinds of conversations that um, it's just important that you keep having with your artist friends even when it's hard and it feels kind of sad. Yeah. Um, I mean, Check on your extroverts and your artist friends. Yes. <laughs> the extroverts. I don't, I don't fully understand them, but I hear they're not doing great. <laughs> I think we've kind of danced around saying this, so I'll just say it as clearly as possible. If you are able, try something. Um, that thing that you've kind of always wanted to do, if you are able, take a swing. Yeah. Um, who knows what the end product will be, but this is a time of like great artistic grace and great artistic need. Um, we need storytellers. We need people who can look at what's going on in our world and reflect it and imagine it better and, um, you know, imagine what it looks like if we do nothing, all of those great things that creative people can do. So, you know, give it a shot. And if that means that you're putting, you know, your silly, full length, not fully realized play, um, you know, on a live stream to be read, awesome. If that means you grab two lapel mics and meet your friend in some parking lot to have a conversation, we're not going to be mad that you ripped us off. Like, go do it. <laughs> yeah, so I think just give it a shot and see what happens. We said this kind of early on in one of our episodes, but, like, most things are figure-outable. So... And right now, there's the time to figure it out, mm -hmm. even if it takes longer than you want it to. Yeah. Grace, definitely. Yeah, I think people want to see what you've been working on. I know for myself, that's always the har the hardest part. It's like, I can sit down and write something. I can look back at it and not be too judgmental, which is hard for a lot of people. Like, I typically like what I've written not to be too much of a narcissist <laughs> but then when I go to hand it to someone else to be in charge of reacting to who isn't me um I definitely feel the need to like over explain myself or like check in too much with how they're thinking or feeling about it um yeah I definitely get like really anxious when I go to, I don't know, transfer ownership of my work to the public. And I also get kind of anxious that, like, um, because I'm a independent artist who kind of has to promote myself, that, like, it's annoying to people. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, she's doing something again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. So, definitely, like, I, but the thing is, like, I'm never annoyed with other folks. 
and I'm never reading something that other people have done and been like, wow, this was trash. Can't believe they thought this was good to put out in a pandemic. I mean, unless you're actively being harmful, right? I don't feel that way about you. So, like, people probably don't feel that way about me either. <laughs> right, right. It's hard to feel that way about yourself, though. It really is. Yeah. Really and truly. I think it's a good sign for the health and well-being of of our podcast that on a day where it was supposed to rain all day we've sat in this park for like a full hour i know and it hasn't happened so maybe we're on the right track maybe has it gotten less gray and gloomy no no but we didn't get attacked by birds or squirrels no and we she got to see a wedding had... we did see a wedding <laughs> it was insane there were like five people well dressed yeah kind of behind us there was a bouquet and Shannon was like, I think this is a wedding. And I was like, no way, it's so early. <laughs> I mean, no time like the present. That is what we're learning. <laughs> In a weird way, I think, yeah, like, we just don't know what the future is going to look like. We never yeah. knew, but I think this has made it um, concrete in a way. I was just saying that to somebody yesterday where it's like, I feel like for the first couple of months we were all learning to slow down mm-hmm. and now we're all learning that we have no idea what's next and we're all figuring out how to be okay with that yeah that that it's not even about like okay we've all slowed down now how do we live in this discomfort and this kind of like low level anxiety well i think we i don't know as a, as a people not knowing the future, we all, I mean, there's whole businesses that try to predict the future. Yes. And not in, like, a crystal ball way. In, like, a real, like, I'm wearing a suit and I'm going to tell you what the stock market's going to do way. <laughs> but, like, the truth is, all of that is just guesswork. Yeah. And guesswork can be scientific and it can be, like, I have these reasons to believe that and math to support me but like you never know what's gonna happen tomorrow exactly and I think we all knew that on some level but it's the first time that like in our lifetimes the world has faced a disaster together Mm. um you can look at like little pockets of disaster that have affected communities, nations, whatever. But there's a there's a way to say like that doesn't happen all the time. That's not going to happen everywhere. Mm-hmm. You you're able to tr- sort of trick your brain, I think, into believing that like it's not going to flood tomorrow. And then I think the pandemic is like turning on the part of your brain that has always known that tomorrow could be anything yeah so I don't know that we necessarily need to like turn that back off but I do think there's some way to not feed it yeah um and like not give it the fuel of like playing out every nightmare scenario Mm. And just say, like, yes, that could happen tomorrow. 
But on the flip side, you know, so could anything else. Yeah. That is also positive. So I think it's less like shutting that down and more like achieving a balance that maybe we didn't have before. Like to really say, okay, I'm ready if something monstrous happens and that could happen but something amazing and wonderful could also happen and I'm gonna let myself enjoy that too and not have that nagging feeling in the back of my head of like what if this is fake yeah I wonder well I don't know maybe we can do this in our first episode, what we kind of talked about, like, things that we had lost in the pandemic and things that we had gained. And so maybe we can take that concept that we had applied to our personal lives and apply it to theater a little bit. And that can kind of wrap us up here as the church bells ring. Right signaling that it is what 10 o'clock that's when they yep. do that now i don't know that i've ever heard it i've never been outside for that it's yeah, kind of nice it is nice right when i'm talking about being more positive i know the universe is I on know. our side <laughs> i think the obvious is we all lost shows and things we we're working on things that were upcoming or whatever things even things we wanted to see all of the things that were planned or the tickets that were bought. I didn't get to take my niece and nephew to their shows. I'd bought them for Christmas. Um, all that stuff. And I think we were some of the, the lucky people who at least got to start the work. Yeah. <laughs> we just got to hang out with the people and start doing the thing and get some practice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a worthy pursuit, even if uh, yeah. it doesn't end in the way that you thought it would. Sure. Really, it's, it's just a lot of gaining of opportunities. It's now we have to decide what we're going to do with them. Um, I mean, we're, again, we're still in the planning phase because there's a whole lot that can't be done. But um, going back and finding your... You have the time now to go back and find your notebook of things you wrote in high school and go, is any of this, I don't know, worth coming back to? Or... Um, Everybody, is all of it Or is all of it cringy. garbage, right. <laughs> um, I mean, we're all going through our houses and throwing away stuff, so maybe don't throw that away and see if there's anything there. Truly. Um, it, it can be hard to feel like anything's been gained, and for some people, I don't know that it has Yeah. yet. Um, we might eventually look back on it and say, yeah, this was really good because... Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we didn't exactly write our... Oh, there's some po- things we've gained podcast until like two months in because yeah. there wasn't anything for a little while. It was just hard. And even then, like, we had a friend participate who we really were like, should we still see if they want to do this? Because part of the pandemic had just been like gut punch after gut punch for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I. I think when when we're looking at the perspective of like what have you lost and what have you gained it's an inherently like 
privileged position to be in to like look at this time as like something good can come out of it but I think it is true just across the board I know personally even in some of my like darkest most negative experiences with time mm-hmm. and sometimes significant time I'm able to say something about it made me better or gave me some sort of tool that I didn't have before. Absolutely. So I think, I don't know, for, for theater, you know, I think we're losing certainly revenue and um you know the opportunity to participate in some creative pursuits that we had on the table before this um and I think that there are levels to those opportunities I mean Mm -hmm. I was working with a student playwright who their first piece was about to be performed in a professional theater and I was directing it there are levels to those losses. I mean, it's a much bigger loss for her than it is for me. So I think, you know, just be empathetic towards what other people are going through. Um, But I think, I don't know, to me the thing that we've gained is like, perspective, I guess theater has to happen so fast and I I feel like everyone is like oh if we only had two more weeks Mm -hmm. all the time yep (laughs) well you have them now if anything this has taught us that like people are so adaptable and as much as we see like, like polarization in the world I think I think that it gets highlighted more because community doesn't make great television. Yeah. But theater is community and we know how to come together. And so I think really thinking about you know giving your audience the space to come with you on the journey of whatever you're doing post pandemic or during the pandemic um is worthwhile because like people want you to succeed I I think that there are so very few people out in the world who look at groups or organizations or theaters and are like I hope they crumble for the community that they serve and the young artists that they could promote and the stories that they could tell I want them to be successful Mm -hmm. so I think that's where most people come from I don't think most people are like burn it to the ground people no I don't think so I don't know any of those people so I it's hard to believe I would like to continue to not know those people (laughs) there's probably a reason I don't know (laughs) those people I unfriended them on Facebook years ago for students because we 
spent a lot of time talking about teaching last week. I just want to say that it's okay to feel bad. Like, you guys have lost so much that is coming of age and just like supposed to be part of your journey. Um, when you get to an adult, those kinds of big moments are so much fewer and far further between that I think we forget how just like one after another they were when we were young. But they're important. You know, you're changing so fast. So you guys are missing out on like integral life stuff. Yeah. Um, that you know, as an adult, I can sit back and be like, eh, prom wasn't that fun, blah, blah, whatever. But, like, that's because I got the opportunity to make that decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, don't let people tell you it's not important. Or that, like, eh, you won't remember not having done this in ten years. I think it is important. Yeah. So even okay. Even if you don't remember it. Like, yeah. that's fine. it's okay to grieve the stuff and there will be more stuff (laughs) like both are true yes they they are they are right there will be more stuff and it will be okay but you're allowed to be upset about it now yeah um because now is all we have so so to just be like well in the future you won't care it's like (laughs) what does that even mean i'm not there right now so yeah i think I think all that's true. I, I also think, you know, for everyone, I'm a big proponent of, like, always being a learner. Shane and I have had to learn a lot of things to do this. <laughs> We're still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, find um, an arena where you can can still be learning something. Lord knows what school is going to look like. So I think now it's a great time to impress upon yourself the value of caring about what you know and how you learn it when you're not being graded. Yeah. So, you know, pick a topic, pick three go for it um now's a great time to reach out to mentors who maybe don't have the kind of time on their hands in their real life (laughs) to talk with you that they would have now um I know so many like professional actors are doing online classes right now for crazy low amounts of money that if you like went to see their workshop in some big city you would never be able to get through the door for the ten dollars that they're charging now so you know search out those opportunities because they're around Mm -hmm. give yourself the space to like be upset that you don't get to do it in person and be upset that you didn't get to perform in your senior musical or like whatever your deal is right now be upset about it Um, and, you know, use this as a time 
to like grow your craft in a way that you wouldn't be able to if you were just doing show after show. Um, it's really hard to like build out your monologue book when you're just like booked all the time. Um, especially if you're doing ensemble work because if you get leads and stuff you can pull things from the show to put in your book and be like well I already have that memorized but when you were doing ensemble work you're busier than the leads <laughs> and then you don't have any of the materials memorized and stuff like that to pull for your book so you know you can be working on that kind of thing now and you're better than anyone at like digital communication so don't isolate yourself from friends family yeah do the classic narcissistic teenager thing of being like angsty in your room by yourself and like feeling all your big feelings especially not now it's just not good <laughs> guys <laughs> i did it for so long and if i could have some of that time back i would give a lot to have some of that time back but just right now if I can say anything from like whatever wisdom 26 gives you just like it's a waste it's such a waste yeah. feel your feelings give yourself space to do that but like the angst for angst sake because it's like a vibe <laughs> <laughs> just let it go let it go <laughs> I, I don't know what else to tell you but that's kind of big kid advice so you're more of a little kid person I don't think they would be listening to this podcast to this point in the podcast oh, absolutely but. not but maybe we can cut it out and post it <laughs> separately I don't know also this is probably also to the big kids but like um in the don't isolate yourself uh, encourage your friends who are going through the same stuff um, to be okay with the grieving of the shows and to get their art out there I mean mm -hmm. your friend who is like that you know is writing the poetry that they never post be like hey give me that let's do something with it or whatever yeah um, I don't know. For little kids, just read. <laughs> that's really my biggest yeah. recommendation. In and that's for big and, and small kids. Just times. read. Because there's... Especially with school going to be as weird as it is. Mm. You can... Not saying school is not valuable. But there are some things that where you will learn saying. a lot more from just reading than you might be getting in a classroom on the same subject. Yeah. That's not true of math. That's not true of several other subjects, but you can learn a lot, like, yourself, if you want to. And it can sometimes be more fun that way. Pick a book that you're interested in. Just read it. Yeah. And I think... pray with me that the library opens soon. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> yeah, if there's anything that you, I don't know, take away from these conversations with me and Shannon, or our friendship in general, I think it it can be that in the many ways that we have screwed up or failed or fallen down, 
um, and like had to regroup, we are we are perpetually positive about one another. Like the things that we want to create and like the I don't know, just like the skill of kind of um, being good improvers with each other, saying like yes and two ideas mm -hmm. um and that doesn't mean that i we've never looked at each other and been like that's not gonna work <laughs> no <laughs> but i think uh you know if you are in an artistic friend relationship be your friend's pipe man about stuff um because it is really hard so like find you a friend that is like yes I love this weird piece of writing you did and here's how we can make it better <laughs> yes I am absolutely willing to get up at 6 a.m. so I can come to a park with you to watch a weird wedding and listen to some planes and have this conversation like Just do it yeah um there's something yeah really special about that and about whoever that person is in your life who hypes your stuff so invest in it I guess is what I'm saying yeah. I hope this hasn't been too sad it's just slow I don't think we've been sad today it's more like it's just yeah, yeah. Um, we're taking our time yes which is valuable if you or your theater company or performing arts academy or whatever is doing some sort of pandemic specific performance, event, reading, contest, whatever, um, let us know. We would love to send people your way, participate, watch it, um, be as hype as we can in the comments for you. Yep. Um, I think, let's see, just to recap through the weeks, last week, and we still want this stuff, so if you're mm -hmm. listening and it's too late, like, still send it to us. Please. Last week, we wanted teacher stories. Yes. Good, bad, and ugly, preferably ugly. <laughs> um, the week before, your worst job story, I think, something like that. Oh, oh, or if you had a harder time yeah, with your with starting something story. than than you think we did, we right. wanted to hear that story. Yep. If we get enough of those, maybe we'll tell the actual story. Yeah, <laughs> there's a challenge. Truly. Um. Oh, and then the week before that, duh. Any Jane, Jane Austen, Austen fights. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to know. So any of those things, any and all of them, you can still email us at uncertaintheater at gmail.com that's u-n-c-e-r-t-a-i-n-t-h-e-a-t-r-e <laughs> at gmail.com that's my only party trick which it probably isn't a party trick for other people I just have a hard time spelling out loud when I'm not writing it down um you can also call us again I just want to reiterate we will not answer the phone nope. um, it's a special number I'm definitely not giving my personal phone number out on this <laughs> podcast every week um, but you can call us and leave us a voicemail we might play it or just listen to it and recap it um, or you can also text our number 
That number is 502-627-0296. I hope you guys are doing okay. Me too. I hope you're doing okay. Doing okay. Yeah, good. Being outside is good for the soul. Even when you're surrounded by weeds. Bad for the allergies, though. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. So sorry. We'll talk to each other, and I guess, um, by extension, you guys, next week. Bye. Bye.